we really should record these things but I, I, I don't know I just get God surprises us by grace he gives us grace and it's really in one sense even any preparation for it I mean it's just like oh God it just comes unbelievable you know and that is the John 1 16 it's grace upon grace and it's anti heaped up heaped up upon grace so John 1 16 it that goes into uh, Romans 5 uh, 20 for sin abounded grace did much more much more abound and so when we even talk about grace what are we talking about because who is Jesus in John 1 14 who is he he's the one who is filled up with all that grace and truth is and so when I look at John 1 and verse 14 you also have to include that in Colossians 2 9 so you see even in his humanity that in, in it, he was filled up with all of who God is <laughs> that's what it says <laughs> because God is the I am so it's just like it's no there's no beginning and there's no ending in that <laughs> and so that's why you can see in Isaiah 46 and verse 10 he declares the end from the beginning because what is the difference with him <laughs> it's just amazing and these amazing truths in the word of God so we're talking about we were talking about what is the necessary thing for us for us as we learn to discern as we learn in brokenness with a submitted will as we learn in grace as we grow in it in second Peter 3 and verse 18 if we are to learn his purpose and we see that in Ephesians chapter 1 we see that in 5 uh, through 13 uh, through 11 we see his purpose and all that purpose is Christ himself and all that we learn about it and that we are going to learn we are going to learn now here we learn it but we get interrupted and we get distracted from the patience of his love we do we do but not for all eternity we're still going to function in that in ephesians 3 and, and verse 19 and to know the love of christ that passes knowledge is there any love without god's patience and in god's patience without love there isn't but yet it will be undisturbed and undistracted at that point but it'll still be that operation of his love and patience for all eternity <laughs> because because God is and that's what he was saying to the two questions that we have and this is where we're learning right now in in patience to prepare us prepare us for our face-to-face -face meeting with intense uh learning the patience of his love in first Corinthians 13 12 in Revelations 2 and verse 17 but we're learning that right now and we're growing in what how do we grow we grow in grace and knowledge what is knowledge the truth of the great I am God who is and that was his answer to Moses well who am I you know you know who am I okay well who are you and it's the same answer I am I am it's unbelievable and when we think of his patience and we were thinking of it and we uh we mentioned it yesterday uh, in, in yesterday's message about the blind man and what God was teaching there 
and what he was giving this morning the full the fullness of it and we see this whole thing we see we we see this whole picture in john the ninth chapter and, and you know jesus just happened to pass by when he saw a blind man nothing arbitrary nothing with any ambiguity there's nothing about that with god nothing nothing it all has to do with his love and his patience every single thing about it and he just he he passed by and he saw this blind man one man one man one blind man and how how jesus still today in the patience of his love goes after the one to fill up his body because we're all members in particular in first corinthians 12 and verse 27 we make up that whole body in first corinthians 12 12 and 13 yes but they're made up of members in particular members that reveal the love of his patience in that particular individual that only he can reflect and make in that one individual that make up the whole each of us we said there's not one star and they are innumerable the bible says they're innumerable you cannot count the stars you can't you cannot count them only god can but each one is different from every single one none of them are the same none of them and if you think of all the snow in time that ever fell upon the face of the earth each flake that you can't number is different not one of them is alike not one of them and it all has to do with him revealing the patience his love and his patience because without it you can't you and i can't know know him without it we cannot endure it so here's a blind man here's this blind man that we see here and you see this whole process and what we see in it is is the working out and manifestation of the light of jesus christ in terms of of salvation and cleansing you see this whole picture now the whole picture there was that when this happened what we have to realize is that every everywhere that jesus went everywhere that he went the pharisees were right there witnesses of the multitude of his healings isn't that crazy they saw him heal the blind man they, they saw him heal the man with the withered hand and mark the third chapter in those first five verses they saw him they were eyewitnesses to him healing and they still attributed what he did to be a demonic sinner they attributed sin to him oh god you even see it in john the ninth chapter they were eyewitnesses to this and so here's one man blind we said this yesterday too listen every single one of us was born blind we don't see properly we don't see you know that was the whole message that isaiah heard when he was finally cleansed his lips were cleansed and he saw the precious lord jesus christ high and lifted up again in isaiah 6 1 and 2 that's christ 
in his pre-incarnate state. And because you can't see him all at once, that was just a visible manifestation. And yet still in, and even angels are not seeing him in his fullness in John 1 and verse 18, because it says no created being has ever seen him in, all, in any of his fullness at all, at any time. But the son has. Yeah, and yet, so he's cleansed. When he finally sees him high and lifted up, he's cleansed, just like Job finally was. I don't know, was God being patient through whole, Job's whole growth? Was that the active energy of God's nature, which is love, manifested through his patience until the light would dawn? Oh boy, on, on him, yes. Until he could finally see what he was without Christ and see who he was in him. It was amazing. And that's when he said, oh, I, oh my God, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And, and even in, in, in Job 42 and verse 5, that is us each moment. That's, that's godly sorrow without regret. So that worldly sorrow doesn't have its condemning, accusing effect. That's 2 Corinthians 7.10 with 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 31 and 32. Uh, God convincing us of his love. And for God to convince us of his love, you think there's any measure of patience? My God, it's so amazing to me. And, you know, you can't post and put up everything about patience, you know. So you just do it as much as you can. Oh, and it's like it's because it's, it's God. It's so much, you know. And in one sense, it's so wonderful. I mean, you can't even handle it. You know, it's it's wonderful, and it's just it, it. You can't even you can't even keep up with it in one sense. But oh God, please don't stop. I don't want to miss it. You know, in in His patience. You know, and uh, boy, He's so patient. He's so loving, and He's so patient, and. Uh, and so you see this whole thing. So the picture is the blind man. There's one blind man. Then you have the disciples there. There's the crowd that's there. One blind man, all the Pharisees, all around him, and his disciples who were slowly trying learning. Oh, he was he ever patient with all? Oh my God. He's patient. But but and then the whole time, the whole time, they're all rejecting him. The Pharisees, through, through, through Satan, they were hating him, rejecting him, accusing him. They said constantly in John 18 and verse 40, not this man. And they were eyewitnesses. And how many times, God forbid, but how many times has he worked in us? And yet in the flesh we say, not this man. Oh, how patient he is with us. And, and then and then they said in John 19, 15, crucify him. And the whole time they wanted to kill him. They were just waiting for that perfect time. For what they thought was their perfect time, their hour, Satan's hour in Luke 22 and 53. But it turned out to be the hour for God to manifest his love and his patience in 1 Corinthians 2, 8. Because had they known it, they never would have done it. Oh, what would they know anyway? And so in this whole process, in this whole process, while this hatred is all around him and rejection and slow 
constantly failing disciples, little pupils, mathetes, pupils. He stops and he's after one man. God almighty. After one man. I can't tell you how many times he's been after this man right here. This one right here. And you know, it's obedience for us to experience our salvation. There is a lot to actually experience it is obedience. Because listen, you know, yes, it took the it took the substance of Jesus Christ, his own spit. And by the way, the clay, who who made that? He did all of that in his pre-incarnate state, by the way. You believe this? Then put on humanity. Okay, and he had a he had a perfect, perfect sinless human nature. Because why else would he take spit from it if it wasn't pure in itself? And mix it with the clay, and put it on his eyes. Do you know it? It was a process that he was teaching all of them there that were there, whether they would receive it or not. He was teaching them a, a, this process. Because look, you know, all the clay in the world wouldn't have healed. Jesus could have spoke the word and he would have been healed. But he was teaching the love, patience of his love, the love of his patience, and obedient. And why we need to be so obedient and to listen to his word when he said to him, after he did all of that, now go to the pool of, of Siloam and wash. But he didn't see until he obeyed and the whole time is hatred and rejected the whole time jesus walked the face of the earth oh he wasn't patient he wasn't even in his own life from childhood all the way up those first 30 years was he patient as god in humanity was he patient in his humanity and not like ours he never failed one iota in it ever one single time because it says in john 8 29 and romans 15 3 he always did those things that pleased him as soon as his will could become operated instantly instantly it was there was obedience but yet he still had to pass through childhood he did now, and of course, in this sense, that all had to do with propitiating the Father, yes. But boy, it had to do with us, too. Teaching us about childhood. Teaching us through the Word. And we learn about childhood only through the Word and nothing else. Not another thing. We do not need the world. We do not need it in any way, shape, or form. Because if we do, we add to it then we have a form of godliness but we deny the power thereof in second uh, timothy 3 and verse 5. so the whole time that's what he's doing he's revealing the very nature of god in his manhood oh my god and just incredible you know his patience so you know and so through childhood through being a young man and, and reaching the age of maturity. But listen, when Jesus reached the age of maturity, 
He was cut off in his prime. Just think about that. You think about like like some of these athletes, they have all this talent, they're reaching their talent, and all of a sudden they're cut off. Something cuts them off. <gasps> oh. You think about it. And that's what we that's what was brought out when we see it, you know, when we see how 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 do I properly interpret in Psalm eight and verse four? you know, and, and verse three, one through three in Psalm eight. You look at all his creation. We brought this out, and this is what brings out the reality of that one blind man. This brings out the reality of it. What does one person mean to God Almighty? How does he see that one person in all of his ruin? How does he see him? Listen, he created everything. <laughs> and we said this, you know, these telescopes and these, uh, you know, these machines that go way out and that yeah, they've gone to Mars and go way out. You see all of his creation. Yeah, but that's only as far as you can go. <laughs> when it says that, when it talks about Psalm 8, 1 through 3, it's talking about his eternal creation. And of all of it, and all of its beauty, and all of its beauty. And Psalm, then Psalm 8, 4, what is man? What is a man that you're even mindful of him? Or that you would even visit him? A ruined man who didn't want a thing to do with you. Not one single thing, not a thing to do with you. What is man compared to all of that? Well, I'll tell you, this is what he is. And, and so Psalm 8, uh, 1 through, through 6 and down through, and that 8th Psalm brings out Hebrews, the second chapter, where in another place it's written, what is man that you're mindful of him? You made him a little lower than the angels. Yeah, he did as far as Adam. Yeah, he did. But do you think that he's even thinking of a, a man outside the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth in Revelations 13, 8, that work that would be finished in his eternal mind and still has to do with patience, his love and patience, in Hebrews 4 and verse 3, the works were finished from the foundation of the earth long before that in the eternal mind of God, but just being worked out in time and for all eternity, his love and his patience. And so when we, when we see that, then we see Jesus. Listen to this. We see Jesus who was made in his humanity a little lower than the angels. identify with us huh imagine that yeah he knows pain he knows tears he knows rejection hatred accusation far more than we could ever and he's the one that did something about ours he did it about ours listen he didn't even think of himself everything he did was for his father in propitiation for us as a substitute so that we could be reckoned he didn't think of himself at all he was so patient. It, it's just mind-blowing. But he was made a little lower, Jesus was, was a little made a little lower than the angels. Not for, 
It, it says, by the suffering of death, just for a little while. Because <laughs> then you see the answer to his prayer, his prayer in John 17, those first five verses. You'll see. And then how it works out in the 22nd verse, because of the 24th verse. Because we're going to see how the God man, the son of God became, became in the cause of it. We're going to learn about that for all eternity. He became the son of man and God became a man. And that's what John 17 verse 24 is bringing out. That I want them to see my glory. God. No. <laughs> you know, and, and they can see it and they'll learn it because they've been glorified. I gave them my glory, each of them individually, in John 17 and verse 22. I did it. I gave them my glory. And this all has to do with that. And it's the thing that we constantly, the thing that I constantly have to learn. If I forget God, I forget his love for me, that was so patient, and I forget his love for others that was so patient. I forget it instantly. And then I replace God as a judge. And boy, oh boy, not good. He didn't quit. He doesn't quit. If I look back on my life, oh God, without getting into the horror of it, never quit. Not blaming anything for any anybody either, by the way. I'm not talking about what I went through, you know, as you know, in childhood. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about my own things that I knew with my own will, without any excuse, because Jesus did away with them in John 15 and verse 22. There's no excuse for us not to be patient because of his love for us. There's no excuse in John 15, 22. Jesus did away with that. He did away with it. And boy, we will do that. The excuses that we make in the flesh. God, why I can't be obedient to his love and his patience in me. Christ in me. Oh, my God. All about this thing about patience. And so how do I look at people? Saved or unsaved? How do I look at them? Outside of his loving patience. Oh, boy. Well, then I don't see myself properly. I start believing a lie about myself. Because the enemy's a liar. He's an absolute liar. And that's what God is, is bringing out. Yeah, this whole time. And what he will for all eternity. Because come on. When did God start being patient? Oh, boy. He had it in him. It was all in them in the Trinity. Because for anything to be, for God to create, it had to be that. Couldn't be anything else. So God, that's why in 1 John 4, 10, here in his love, not that we loved him. What is that telling us? We don't have love and we don't have patience. Because it's God. They both come from God. They do, and they and they come. That's why his love begets love in us, which is our obedience returning his love for him, and we grow in that in 2 Peter 3.18 through patience. And through that, we become 
we and we 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 function in this in the perfection of it of this image positionally but now it's brought out experientially he wants us to experience it it's so incredible it's so incredible when we think of it <laughs> but this thing is it's so big it's so huge and it's so beautiful and it's so beautiful in each facet you know that's first peter 4 and verse 10. yeah his grace is many faceted it's the greek word poikilos p-o-i-k-i-l-o-s poikilos and it means it's many faceted it's beautiful in every single facet because in each facet it's the full orb of his beauty but we grow in it it's unbelievable god it's so unbelievable what is god like how patient was he how patient did jesus waited to pass by it was god's perfect timing to pass by that blind man what did he think of him in all his darkness in all the hardness of his sight and oh how we thought of god oh how we think he's hard sometimes where does that lie come from why is god doing this thing to me god never caused evil never caused sin <laughs> oh boy the whole time can you imagine and jesus never thought of himself he still didn't think of himself hated rejected you don't think he knew they were waiting to kill him but did they and we said it in john the 18th chapter you see that in those first nine verses i think it's the fifth or sixth verse somewhere in there when they came to take him oh did they really take him i mean he spoke the word and they fell back who took who yeah, that's right. they didn't take him and by the way again and we said recently because when i say when i say we said or i said we're just i'm just repeating what the scriptures teach <laughs> teach me and, and teach us all in john 10 17 and 18 18 first, death did not take him he gave himself triumphantly over to it and that's that greek word in john 19 and verse 30 telestai he gave himself over to death that never took him God. so amazing the whole time he didn't he didn't think of himself and furthermore the whole time that even now christ is all in all which he is in colossians 3 11 he's all and in all gone there's going to come a time when god in humanity the god man with us will submit and get the kingdom over and everything over to the father in first corinthians 15 28 what what uh, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death in first corinthians 15 26 and that's when satan finally dealt with in his finality in revelations the 20th chapter where fire comes down and consumes him and then there'll be no more death in revelations 21 and verse 4 no more death no more pain no more sorrow no more crying no more 
for the former things are passed away. You know, they already are for us. He's just working it out through his loving patience. <laughs> just working it out. Boy, he's patient. Boy, what a lesson that was in teaching. When God told that blind man, go, he did. And when he washed, then he saw. Now that is obviously bringing out the washing of regeneration in Titus 3 and verse 5. There's got to be obedience and renewing of the Holy Spirit. There, there is that. Now that's positionally, but we need to have it experientially in Ephesians 4 and verse 23, having the renewing of your mind. Why? Because right now we're still learning about his love and his patience because we can forget and go right back into the flesh and we need to be renewed because until we get renewed, Romans 12, 1 and 2, we still live being conformed to this world system through the flesh, just like an unsaved person. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, his tender, compassionate mercies, that might have to do with his loving and patience and his, his patience that's so loving. I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies. And that means you present your body, your soul, and your spirit. Because, by the way, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and 20, they are bought. They are bought from God. And that's why faithful is he who calls you, who will also do it. In 1 Thessalonians 5, and verse 24, and the prayer was, I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. And, of course, it will in Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 5, and verse 23, and that's why he says in Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your only reasonable service. And by doing so, you won't be conformed to this world. You won't be, but you'll be renewed. You won't be conformed, but you'll be renewed by the transformation of your mind so that you can prove, God can prove to you what is his, his acceptable, that acceptable and perfect will of God that's Christ in you as an individual. One individual. Everything he did was for each and every single individual, and he only did it for those that chose him. Period. 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 There will not be a universal salvation in eternity. There will be su no such thing as that. Never any, any such thing as that at all. Furthermore, the proof of it is those that were in hell, you see this in Revelations 20, 11 to 15, you will see those that were in hell, they didn't get out and go to heaven. They went into the lake of fire, period. They did. So this message that we have is really amazing as, as his written epistles in 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 1 to 6, because in 3, 5, our sufficiency is not of ourselves. And how was there any sufficiency without his loving patience and the patience of his love? Just isn't. <laughs> so, oh. oh, the word. Oh, all I can say is his word given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we don't see right without the power of the Holy Spirit taking the things of Christ and showing them unto us 
in John 16, 13, and 14. And we can we have all this positionally, but until we're obedient and the will is yes broken and given over, we don't have proper discernment to be able to see without the Holy Spirit. So it takes the fullness of God, the fullness of the Godhead. We're all involved in our salvation in Christ. And that's what Colossians 2, 9 and 10 is bringing out. Jesus Christ was filled up with all of who God is, Colossians 2, 9. And as a result, Colossians 2, 10, and you and I are filled up in him. You and I. Makes us think we can bypass his eternal mind being worked out in time those that refuse him and then somehow they're gonna they're gonna go into eternity in heaven never gonna happen all of this that's that just the basics of that is john 3 and verse 36. if you don't receive christ the wrath abides on you it doesn't change but thank god for us what an eternity we have and that's why romans 8 18 i reckon that the sufferings of this present time and those are righteous sufferings are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us and on us and all around us. We need to stop looking at the things that are seen and making more of what we go through than who Christ is in us. Especially, especially me. <laughs> but that, what a picture, what a picture. And that's all, all this truth is really, is really brought out in all the scriptures too. But really in, in this particular uh, chapter is, is, I've been just going over it for a while now, John the ninth chapter, you know. And in, in a sense, we're all born blind. We're all born blind. You know, and that was even the message from Isaiah. What, what should I tell them? Go tell Israel. Go tell them. Seeing, you won't see. Hearing, you won't hear. Meaning, you'll hear it, but you won't submit to it. You'll see it with your eyes, but you still won't. And the picture there with the blind men as they're witnesses to this. Some were. And even those that weren't still won't believe the message. It's still as pure as ever. What God did is just as pure in us as our confession is in the one that did it because our confession is based upon him. And still, in all their ruin and hatred and disbelief, they still refuse two things. And this is pride. And unsaved and can be the pride in us in the flesh that's in us in Romans 8, 9, but that we're not of. But in Romans 8, 4, we can function in it and miss Romans 8, 1, 2, and 3 through the flesh. And here it is. Two things. They refuse to own their own ruin. Oh, my God. You think of your loved, sometimes your loved ones and people you so and they refuse to own their own ruin. They refuse it. And the second thing they refuse is his grace. Pride does both. You refuse to, to own your own ruin. 
What would make me a judge of another believer or even an unsafe person? I refuse to own my own ruin there. And, that, and where am I functioning? In Christ? Uh-uh. No. Where am I functioning? In the flesh. But yet, there they are, these Pharisees, and they, they refused it. They refused to own their own ruin. They, they, they said, like they did way back in Exodus 19, 8 and 24 and verse 3, tell us what to do and we'll do it. Well, who's the only one that would fulfill the will in Psalm 47 and 8? And in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, look at verse 5 and go to verse 10 and, and go on to the perfection of it for us in Christ in verse 14. Amazing, amazing truths. Yeah, it's, it's so amazing. And, you know, you can't, <laughs> I mean, you, you you can't put all this up on a, on, on a, on a pulse. You, you just can't do it about patience. You know? you just, cause, and I can't. And I'll tell you what, because I'm still learning it. I don't know anything yet as I ought to. But one thing I do know, and this brings out 1 Corinthians 8, 1 to 3. You know, knowledge in the flesh, it stops, always stops short of needing grace, always, because you know enough, but yet you miss his love for you, because you see that in Romans 8, 1 to 3. You miss it, and I tell you this right now, through the flesh that's in me, I no longer, I don't want to submit to it anymore like I used to, because I want to know and experience his love for me. Then I know the value of me based upon Christ and the value of every other individual, especially they that are of the household of faith. And just how important each of us as a vessel of Christ is a gift to one another. And what is the value? What kind of a price we put on that? You know? Amazing, amazing truth. 